Thanks so much for joining us here. It is our car care show. Dan Burns, Lloyd's Automotive on fabulous Grand Avenue in St. Paul. By the way, Denny Long has a day off. He'll be back tomorrow morning here on News Talk E3OWCCO with Healthy Matters and Your Money, of course. Uh, Dan, good to visit with you. I hope you've been well. I have been, Steve. How are you? Very good. Good to visit with you. We want to open up those phone lines if you want to talk about your car, truck, van, whatever. 651-989-9226. And you can uh, certainly call or text that number as well. And uh, Dan, I, I know car repairs go on and at Lloyd's Automotive and other garages, they are taking precautions, but people need their wheels. Yeah, that's right. We are uh, certainly taking precautions, both with our customers and with our employees. And uh, we have a plan and we're executing a plan. And uh, quite frankly, it went pretty well this week. So I'm uh, I'm mildly uh, satisfied with uh, with how things went and uh you're right uh you know people need their wheels to get to the grocery store and get to the doctor and do the things that they need to do so i think that uh, that we do provide a service that's important to people and and necessary so we we are still in business and and uh we're doing just fine as far as being able to take care of your car for you Phone lines are open, 651-989-9226 is our phone number, 651-989-9226. You can call or text that number. We get started with Dan Burns. Let's go to the phones. Let's bring in Dan in Maple Grove. Uh, Dan, you're on the air. Hello. Hi. I recently bought a brand-new Chevy Colorado pickup that takes full synthetic oil, and I was curious, what is your recommendation uh, how long should I wait to change the oil for the first time? Well, the ma- I'm sure the manufacturer is saying uh, five thousand or thousand seventy five hundred, something like that. And uh, I'm a little bit more conservative on oil changes than the manufacturer recommends. Certainly, you can go five thousand miles, but quite honestly, if you stick to what the manufacturer recommends, and if you're uh, vigilant about it, uh, I think that would be just fine too. The, the reason I'm a little bit conservative on oil change intervals is uh, everybody sees the oil change interval and then they start thinking about it and then they, or, or the light comes on, then they start thinking about it and then they finally get around to making an appointment. And pretty soon it's a 1,000 or 2,000 miles past what they recommend. So, uh, you know, I think 5,000, if you wanted to use 5,000 as a number, I think you would do just fine with that. Yeah, and, and Dan, he, he talked about a new vehicle. I remember once upon a time when you bought a new car, there was a break-in period. Is, is that true with new vehicles? I haven't had a new one in a while. That is, is not uh, it's, it's not part of the recommended uh, service that there's a break-in period. Uh, and, uh, you know, technology has changed with, the valves and with the pistons and the rings and all that sort, all those sorts of things. And most of all, technology has changed with motor oil. And so, uh, when an engine is built nowadays, it's pretty well, it's pretty much ready to go. And, uh, there is not much of a break in period. Like, like you're aging yourself a little bit, Steve, but, 
but by by saying that, but uh, most people have never even heard of that. <laughs> yeah, and, and I know once upon a time that that was true for a lot of engines. I, I remember particularly for like a boat motor, there was a break in period. Uh, and this doesn't go back that many years. I remember having a uh, a boat where it's kind of like you, you don't want to run it at high speed or low speed. You want to vary speeds for X amount of hours to make sure the engine's properly brought in. I just was wondering if that was that was still a thing. Um, yeah, it's Dan, not. It's not part. It's not part of the brake, or it's not part of the manufacturer's delivery instructions when you get a vehicle. Nor is it part of the maintenance schedule. But I do. I am old fashioned enough, Steve, to agree with you that a brand new car you should not take it out to the racetrack the first day ah. uh it does it doesn't it is a good idea to give it just a, a a little bit of time for everything to wear in just a little bit like it's supposed to and uh and so i, I i'm old-fashioned enough to agree with you on that that that's a good idea dan burns joining us our car care show denny long is away he'll be back tomorrow morning here on News Talk 830 WCCR. Temps dropped a degree. We're at 20 degrees under partly cloudy skies. Those uh, clouds will thicken up a bit uh, as we move through the day today. As a matter of fact, a chance of rain or snow uh, coming up this evening. And then a little bit of snow overnight shouldn't be a big deal. And then on Sunday, cloudy in a high near 46. Um, from our t- text line, by the way, is 651-989-9226 if you want to call. Or text, a uh, great way to get in on our car care show with Dan Burns. Uh, Dan, what is done when a service shop performs what they call a pinpoint engine test? Uh, do you know what they're referring to there? I don't exactly know what they're referring to, and uh, I don't know what they're after. Uh, but let's assume that what they're after is they're perhaps buying a vehicle or something like that, and, and they want to know the condition of the engine for some reason if, if they're suspect. Um, with new technology, if an engine has had trouble, if, if uh, en- an engine ha- has had a misfire or if anything unusual is happening, if it's running too rich, running too lean, any of those things, uh, there are sensors on the motor that will uh, turn on the check engine light and alert us to any significant trouble. And if they're still concerned beyond that, perhaps what they're talking about is they you would bring the vehicle in and do a compression test on the engine and be sure that all of the cylinders are equal on compression and within spec. And uh, if that's what they're curious about, then that would you know be a good idea. And uh, that would certainly tell you the condition of the engine. Dan Burns, Lloyd's Automotive, joining us. It is our Car Care Show here on a Saturday morning. It is 716. We have 20 degrees in the Twin Cities. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back with more. But a friend or reminder, if you want to visit with Dan and you have a question about your car, truck, or van, feel free to call 651-989-9226. Call or text 651-989-9226. Here on News Talk, 830-WCCO. It is our car care show here on a Saturday morning. Dan Burns, Lloyd's Automotive on Grand Avenue in St. Paul. 719, 20 degrees. Steve Thompson in. 
Denny Long returns tomorrow. He'll be in on a Sunday morning with Healthy Matters and Your Money. Here on News Talk, 830-WCCO. Once again, Dan joining us on the line. And, Dan, let's go to the phones visit with Tom. Tom, you're on the air. Hello. Yeah, good morning. Say, I've got a 2013 Honda Accord. Uh, I ran the gas low on it inadvertently a couple times. Uh, and uh, since then, it's run rough on cold hills. Uh, I ran some of the uh, fuel and jet cleaners in and things like that. They haven't seemed to make much of a difference. But anyways, I had my car into service. And I talked to the service rep about it. I said, you know, I told him what I did. He says, I, maybe we should uh, look at um, changing the fuel filter. Maybe I plugged that up a little bit with the junk from the fuel tank. But uh, he says, no, he says, yeah, we, we've never changed those. And I'm looking at my older vehicle. They used to change them regularly. So what's what's the deal? <laughs> well, many on many uh, vehicles nowadays, there is no accessible fuel filter. On many cars, uh, there is kind of a filter screen, but it's inside the tank as part of the the uh, fuel tank sending unit and 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 the fuel pump inside the tank. And quite honestly, I'd be surprised if you could run your fuel low enough to cause a trouble and, and pick up junk. You know, there's baffles and stuff inside the the, the tank, and uh, that would be very unusual. Unless, well, even if you had a bunch of moisture in there, you know, the alcohol and the gas would take care of that. So it would be unusual for that to be the problem that's going on uh, for you Um but, it, I mean, it could, certainly could be. But uh, if, if what you're describing is the case, then, uh, you know, perhaps you need to uh, get your fuel injectors inspected or, or something like that. But I think probably the least expensive way for you to get after this would be to uh, simply bring it in and have somebody do some diagnostics on it and figure out exactly what's wrong so that nobody's guessing uh, and replacing parts that aren't necessary. So I think I think if you got a little if you got a little help on this, you'd get to it pretty quickly. And Dan, I was wondering if it is a good idea to never get the fuel real low. That you know, below a quarter tank, it's time to fill her up. It it is, and you know, for a whole bunch of reasons, uh, including you know, gas gauge do gas gauges do change and they do fail from time to time and. And uh, you just don't want to take the chance of getting stuck out somewhere running out of gas. Uh, that's really inconvenient. So, uh, yeah, no, I, I think a car runs best on a full tank of gas. Uh, and so when it gets when it gets down there, fill it up because that's just a good idea. Dan Burns joining us, Lloyd's Automotive Grand Avenue. It is our car care show. And our phone number is 651-989. 9226. That's good for a call or a text here on the program. Uh, we invite you uh, to certainly call in if you have a question or a concern about your vehicle. Let's go to Diana. Diana, you're on the air. Hello. Good morning, Steve and Dan. Um, I have a 2010 Chrysler Town and Country, and the driver's side slider door uh, doesn't unlock and it doesn't open. Now, is that a fuse thing, or is it something with the fob, or what's your suggestion? 
Well, I think it's most likely uh, in that uh, in the wiring on the door. Uh, I can't remember exactly how it goes on those town and countries, but but uh, every time those doors open and close, wires are flexing, and I can't remember exactly where it is that the that the wires break on those, but they do. And now that I'm thinking about it, maybe it's even in the driver's door where the uh, where the wiring goes back to the uh, sliding doors uh, that wires break in there. But there's there's something I'd have to do a little research on that. And if you if you do do a little research on it, you'll find that it's quite common for those to fail and uh, and what the repair is. But I think I think as as I remember, it's a, it's a wire that breaks somewhere in one of the doors that causes that trouble. Well, thanks, Diana, for the call. Let's go to the text line, 651-989-9226, 651-989-9226. Dan, I have a 2014 Silverado with 90,000 miles. Oil pressure was at 40 for years. Then last year it was at about 50. The engine light came on the other day, and the dealer said the oil pump is going bad. Uh, would the slightly higher oil pressure have caused the pump to go out? No, that wouldn't cause the pump to go out, but they, um, they've they had some trouble on those. Uh, an oil pump is one of the things that fail on those. The other thing that fails on those is there's uh, the oil pressure switch is on the back of the engine and very difficult to get at. And, and uh, inside the engine, uh, before you put in the oil pressure switch, there's a screen uh, that gets plugged, and that causes trouble with the uh, oil pressure readings. Um, so I think if if, uh, if you're uncomfortable with the diagnostics, the diagnostic procedure should be to actually test the fuel pressure with a mechanical gauge, which means you take the uh, oil pressure switch out, put a mechanical gauge in there, and see what's actually happening with the pressure and... and uh, you know, see if, if mechanically the oil pressure is high or low, then they're right. It needs a, a oil pressure uh, pump, and there's a check valve in the uh, crank or in the uh, oil pan also that uh, that would be replaced at that time. Um, and then, uh, you know, that that should take care of it. But if if the uh, oil pressure when you actually check it is good then it probably just needs that screen and oil pressure switch. But it's a pretty common uh, problem on those vehicles. There are technical service bulletins from uh, GM uh, about the testing and the repair of those. So if you just do a little bit more research, you'll get some good information on what to do about that. And Dan, I would assume that's a big repair, an oil pump. Well, the oil pump turns into a big repair because you have to take both the uh, timing cover off the front of the engine and the oil pan off the engine, and you know it's a it's a full day's work for sure. Uh, yeah. But uh, but we we do them you know pretty frequently. It, it's like I say, it's a pretty common repair. All right, quick break. We have more on the car care show. Dan Burns, good enough to join us from Lloyd's Automotive on Grand Avenue in St. Paul. 
Dan Burns, good enough to join us each and every Saturday morning with the Car Care Show. He's from Lloyd's Automotive on Grand Avenue in St. Paul. And a big thanks to Dennis Matuzak, our producer on the program today. And our phone number is 651-989-9226, 651-989-9226. Or you can uh, text, same number, 651 989 9226 and a friendly reminder that number is good for all our programs uh, to call or text and get right in to the studio. Uh, Dan, earlier in the program, we, we talked about uh, the old break-in period on vehicles. Uh, <laughs> I, I got a text that says, when I bought a new Harley, the dealer said to drive it like I stole it. So no break-in <laughs> period uh, on the new Harley, which is, which is interesting. Uh, another yeah. one from our text line. I have a 2014 Ford Escape with 142,000 miles. Is there any engine issues that I need to be prepared for uh, on that particular model? <laughs> There's nothing that uh, that uh, comes to mind immediately. You know, what they're wondering is there's lots of you know lots of cars have common problems with their engines or whatever, but, uh, but I, but, uh, Ford, I, on that, I do not, I can't, nothing comes to mind, uh, in particular that you need to worry about on that. So if you're thinking about buying it, uh, as always, I would recommend that you have the vehicle inspected by your shop and have them go over it and, uh, and see what they think of it. But, uh, but there's nothing, no reason to not pursue that if it's a vehicle that meets your needs. And Dan, when you inspect a vehicle, say someone is considering buying uh, a used car or truck and, and they bring it to you, what, what are you and your mechanics looking for? Well, we're mostly looking at the uh, maintenance items, the wear items, and the safety items. <clears throat> for example, the condition of the brakes and the steering linkage and all of that sort of stuff. We you know, test the heating and air conditioning system to be sure all of that stuff works and all the accessories and all those sorts of things. Um, as I said earlier, if a vehicle has something significantly wrong with it, it's pretty difficult to sneak that through without the check engine light coming on or without the computer having stored some some codes sure. in there. And we can access all of that stuff and get that information. Most cars, uh, it's too big of a process and too complicated to actually do a compression test on them uh, before you buy them. And in most cases, it's not necessary. We can tell by the way the vehicle runs and how it sounds, the condition of the engine. And uh, so compression checks are not as common as they used to be. You'll remember they used to be real simple. You pull out the spark plugs and and uh, you, and you could get right at them, and it was super easy. But it's way more complicated than that now. Yeah, and one of the things about the computer is that doesn't lie. I mean, if if there is a problem, it's going to show up in a code. Yeah, that's right. Yep, and and usually somebody that uh, is bringing us a vehicle for an inspection, they've had it out on a test drive, so they put some miles on it. So if there's anything significantly wrong with it, it'll certainly flag a code before they bring it to us. Dan Burns joining us, Car Care Show. From our text line, I have a 2014 Chevy Cruze having problems with windshield wipers after putting in a new wiper motor. Is there a 
specific way to put it in, they don't stop where they should when you turn them off. Is there a trick to that? Well, if they stop halfway up the window, there's something wrong with the wiper motor that they installed. If they're off just a little bit, uh, you know, an inch or two, uh, most wiper arms you can install on the vehicle in several different positions. Uh And maybe when they put the wiper arms back on, they're not quite exactly where they used to be. So uh, in either way, if you take it back to the shop that did the work for you, uh, they can adjust those. It's real simple and, and get them back where you want them to be. From our text line, my 08 F-150 has a 5.4 liter engine, has a noticeable miss when idling and or under load. In your opinion, do you think it's a bad ignition coil or fuel injector? There's no trouble light showing up on the dash. There's no warning light or check engine light. Yeah, if there's no check engine light, I wonder uh, how much it's really misfiring, because if it's misfiring very much, it'll certainly set a check, or the check engine light will come on. Um, there, if, if you bring it into your shop and they hook their scan tool up, they can tell which cylinder is misfiring and, uh, and then decide if it's, if it makes sense that it's a spark plug or an ignition coil or a, uh, um, fuel injector. But to answer your question, most commonly on those Ford products, when you do have a misfire, it's, uh, it is the ignition coil or the spark plug uh, between those two. And, of course, if you replace one, you're going to replace them both. Uh, between those two, that's the most common place that we find a misfire. But, but you're in a vehicle of that vintage, though, even if you're not getting a check engine light, there should be a computer code that would, would show the problem. Well, if the check in, if the code, if there's a code, the light would have been on at some point. Ah, I see. And, and yeah, that, but the, like I say, the information is easy for us to get. It's impossible for the driver of the car to get, but if you have the equipment, it's easy for us to get that information. So we certainly will know if it's a misfire or not, or if it's something mechanical, uh, in the engine that you're just feeling. And, uh, that could be too. Uh, for example, Sometimes a an engine will get out of balance a little bit because the uh, the dampener pulley uh, on the on the the balancing pulley on the front of the engine will have slipped a little bit. Sometimes they're mounted in rubber and they'll spin a little bit, and then of course, of course, that causes the engine to be out of balance, and it feels like it's running really rough, you know. And it's actually not; it's actually running fine, but it just. Uh, is is feels real rough because it's out of balance. So uh, that something like that could be going on where you think it's a misfire, but it's really not. From our text line here in the Car Care Show, I have a 2012 Camry with 133,000 miles. Just had the oil changed, and now I notice a strong smell like brake cleaner. What could be going on there? <laughs> Well, somebody did a good job of cleaning up your engine after they change your oil. <laughs> uh, that is a, that. Is, I mean, that is something that we do after when, when we drain the oil. Uh, any places that have uh, gotten wet with oil, we'll spray brake parts cleaner on that and wipe it off or blow it off. And uh, but it's unusual for that to have a lingering smell. 
But if you're real sensitive to that, we certainly do that. And if that's the case, if you just give it a few days, uh, that will pass. The, the smell will go away. And, you know, one place that, depending upon where the oil filter is, one place that they commonly spray that is right over the exhaust and into some of those heat shields. And if the uh, brake fluid happened to pool in those heat shields, then you will smell it for a little while. But it'll eventually go away, and, and uh, it'll be fine. From time to time, I need to add uh, oil to my 08 Silverado with 255,000 miles. Not a big deal. But if I even spill just a drop of oil on the engine, it seems like I smell it for a week. It's amazing. <laughs> it takes very little oil to make a right. lot of smell. That's really yeah. true. And uh, uh, that's, just the, that's just the nature of the beast. That's the way it goes. But that's really true. Yeah. And, Dan, at, at what point in time um, uh, on a vehicle, say, of that vintage, if someone's driving around with an old car, with an old engine, um, is there a, a point in time where you say, yeah, it's time to give up the ghost? I'm sure you've seen a lot of those over the years, or do you just kind of run them into the ground, and when, when it's time, you'll know? Well, it's <clears throat> my. I tell people I can keep it go- going as long as right. you choose to keep spending money on it. So that, that's the truth. It's funny, Steve, that you bring your truck up you've had it a long time and i've known you long enough to remember when you got it <laughs> so uh time time flies by and, and you've gotten two hundred fifty thousand miles on it good for you that's uh that's that's a good job of taking good care of it and uh, and keeping it going but i you know it that's usually what finishes a vehicle off is they'll bring it in because they're having a, tr- a problem and then you know, we'll give an estimate that will far exceed the the value of the vehicle, and then you know, on our recommendation, we'll probably say it's probably time to give up on this because yeah. to put a bunch of money into it, I don't know what's going to happen next at that at that mileage. Yeah. But before that happens, I think it makes great sense to just keep pouring a little oil in it and keep it going. There's there's no reason not to if it, if it still goes down the road smoothly and, and gives you heat. And if your radio will still tune to WCCO, then uh, I think there's lots of reasons to keep it going. Yeah, what, what else do you need? Uh, radio, heat in the winter, air in the summer. The air still works great. Hey, Dan, we've got to run. Always great to visit with you on the Car Care Show here on Saturday mornings. Uh, Dan, how do people reach you at Lloyd's Automotive? Well, come on over. We are at 982 Grand Avenue. We're open and careful with what's going on in the world, but uh, but you're welcome to come visit us. I'd, I'd like to see you. Uh, come on over. We're at 982 Grand. You can find us on the web at lloydsautomotive.net, L-L-O-Y-D-S, lloydsautomotive.net. And on that website, you'll find all that's going on with, uh, with what we're doing to be careful with you, your car, and with our employees. But anyway, otherwise, you can give us a call as soon as this morning, 651-228-1316. All right, very good. Always great, Dan. Thanks. You bet.